0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022, and we ground the defensive tape, the coach's tape from the Dolphins' week two preseason contest against the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to talk about what we found here today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your
1: daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Your team, every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, and I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day yesterday on the show was dedicated to the offensive side of the football we looked at the all 22 coaches tape feedback a lot of big picture observations and a lot of individual player observations there throughout the course of that super size show and show went longer than i expected that it would had a good time with it said to myself you know what Why don't we do the same thing on the defensive side of the ball? So today we are looking at the defensive side of the ball from both a plays and players perspective. And uh, of course, when you contextualize the preseason and understand that it is exhibition, it is a chance to put players in potentially disadvantageous situations or put them out there and work on some things that players are going to have to work at. Um, Regardless of the play call, it's good, good work, you know, against disadvantageous looks. And, And one of the concepts that we saw throughout the course of the second half that my eyes really lit up for was the Dolphins played a cover one spy defense quite frequently with rookie linebacker Channing Tindall on the field. And usually, when you go cover one uh, with the high post safety, that other free player is either a blitz player or that player is kind of a robber that kind of buzzes down from one of the other safeties and sits in the middle of the field. Well, Miami got to this, by aligning in middle of the field, close, which means there's one safety in the middle of the field, and you got two linebackers, and your man look on the rest of the skill players, and that second linebacker would take whatever back comes out of the back uh, backfield. And Channing Tindall is kind of free and shallow, and there were some instances in which he did. I thought he did a really nice job in kind of shading to carry a crosser before uncovering and coming back free and letting. Uh, the defender continued to run with the receiver and make himself available to sit in the middle the field. I thought that was one of the core concepts that really caught my attention because the Dolphins uh, drafted Channing Tindall, obviously with some level of aspirations for year one contributions in mind. And Channing Tindall, the way he really made a lot of his hay uh, as a pressure player at Georgia was cross dog blitzes, but then also... Uh, They would contain rush, and the linebackers would sit in shallow zones and trigger when the quarterback gets outside the pocket. You got to sack on Bryce Young against Alabama in that contest in that very same manner. Uh, It was the exchange where uh, Georgia gets down towards the goal line. They're backed up. There's a miscommunication with N'Kobe Dean and Channing Tindall. Uh, N'Kobe Dean kind of gets up after making a tackle down near the goal line, and then two plays later, it's third down and Channing cleans up uh, a flush outside the pocket from Bryce young. And you see like the the kind of the redemption of the miscommunication from earlier in the possession, if you remember that contest. So that really caught my attention for when Channing Tindall was on the field. You saw a lot of accomplished players out on the field. You saw Emmanuel Agba, you saw Raekwon Davis, you saw Christian Wilkins, you saw Jalen Phillips, you saw Jerome Baker, You saw Brandon Jones, you saw Javon Holland. Effectively, you didn't see Melvin Ingram, Byron Jones, and Xavier Howe. right? Like, those were the big fish that we did not see in this contest. Um, One of the other things that kind of caught my attention was throughout the course of the early portions of the game, when the Dolphins would go into kind of their... Uh, third and, and mid packages and they still wanted to play some games up front was Raquan Davis who was getting a lot of third down run and maybe some of that is protecting Christian Wilkins and not wanting him to play in the preseason but that really caught my eye too because on one rep in particular Raquan Davis is lined up in a three technique and Andrew Van Ginkel is mugged up across from the opposite guard And Raekwon Davis comes screaming across the face of the center, blows the center up, and creates this massive void for Andrew Van Ginkle to loop up behind him and get a free run on, I believe it was Nick Mullins was the quarterback. That kind of stuff grabs my attention because the Dolphins, with their decision to cut Adam Butler earlier this summer, uh, Butler was the scheme fit for all the games and the gap exchanges that you wanted to implement on passing downs. Well, whether it's Wilkins or whether it's Davis, and Davis obviously trimming down some weight, uh, he, him being involved in a lot of those crash slants and, and opportunities to dislodge and uproot defense or offensive linemen kind of opens up some added value for Raquan Davis if that's something we end up seeing when it's all said and done. And he obviously has the power to create the kind of displacement that you want and need to manufacture very large rush lanes for delayed rushers coming on in interior gaps. So that was another defensive concept that caught my eye. Uh, I know everybody had some questions about uh, you know, why the, the first string defense gave up a touchdown, but let's be honest, they, gave a, they had two third and longs and a fourth down. And twice on third down, they targeted number nine on shallow crosses across the middle, and he was a swinging gate at the snap at the line of scrimmage. He popped his hips. He's immediately perpendicular to the line of scrimmage. He gives this receiver this clean release uh, to break inside, and you're immediately putting yourself several yards behind the play just with your footwork. And it's really, uh, really glaring on the one rep, I believe it was the first third down, where they're in one man. and everybody across the line of scrimmage is pressed up or within the five-yard contact window. And every other defender is square. You know, you slide your feet, you stay patient, you don't want to immediately open the gate. So these guys, they kind of take their pedal step and they, they shade with the press of the receiver getting out into their angular releases to try and, and take an outside release or an inside release. Everybody's square. And then there's nine who's perpendicular to the line of scrimmage. And it's just one of those it's just one of those things that like if the light bulb isn't going to be on with something like that then you're worried for what the timeline of if the light bulb is going to come on is actually going to look like. And that that's kind of the the groundwork that I have reached with Noah specifically. And, you know, whether this is a straight technical issue or if this is a confidence issue, it's one of those things where the ball is rolling again. And it's hard to envision any stabilizing play based on kind of the narrative that continues to grow and the play that continues to be ever persistent. So, a couple of third down conversions in breaking routes against nine coming across the middle of the field against press coverage or, or tight coverage at the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and that, that was the silver lining that I tweeted out when I first got the game tape, 25 wouldn't play it that way. 24 wouldn't play it that way. 40 wouldn't play it that way. I mean, shoot 34 Mackenzie Alexander, who just got here, wouldn't play it that way. Uh geez. I mean, the, there's a lot of players that, that you have confidence in putting in that position and executing, and the point being that the Dolphins played their second preseason game without their two best corners and in general, you know I look at the entirety of the roster uh, you didn't play without X what's he your best player on the roster you didn't play without Tyree Hill, who's arguably your best player on the roster, you didn't play with Teron Armstead, who's a top three player in your roster. You didn't play with Jalen Waddle, who's a top five player in your roster. You didn't play with Byron Jones, who's uh, arguably a top ten player in your roster. You didn't play with Melvin Ingram, top 15 player in your roster at this point in his career. Unconcerned about the actual game result, and that's why I didn't really give too much time and energy into the game result, because it's more about the process than the actual result, although, yeah, The Dolphins were probably uh, one stop on third or fourth down during the opening possession. And uh, not losing contain on Chase Garber's on like the 35 yard run to put them back, the Raiders back in position to kick the field goal to go ahead in the fourth quarter. You're those two plays and two plays on offense from winning this game by 15 points that close in the NFL, but uh, like we said, it, it's the preseason, so we try not to worry about. One thing I do worry about is making sure that I am starting my day off to be the best version of myself that I possibly can be. That's why I use AG1 from Athletic Greens. What is this stuff? With One delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, whole food source, superfoods probiotics and aptogens to help you start your day off, right? This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, your focus, aging, all the things. It's a lifestyle friendly supplement, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free, it's friendly to all of them. Contains less than one gram of sugar, No GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. While still tasting good, supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science and constant product iterations and third-party testing. To make it easy, you can claim your health with one scoop per day of AG1. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop in water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage, this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast.
0: So let's segue, if we will, from big picture things to individual player performances. I have a lot of notes on a lot of players uh, that really jumped off some for better, some for worse. Uh, I thought John Jenkins was in absolute goblin mode the entirety of the night. He tossed these dudes around, whether it was Lester Cotton or whoever poor Lester Cotton's backup was. Uh, John Jenkins played himself a grown man football game against the Raiders. And you love to see that from a wily vet who's going to be in a limited role, might be a critical backup, uh, with a very skill-specific skill set. He killed the line of scrimmage up front. He was all over the place. So, too, was Zach Sealer. So, too, was Andrew Van Ginkel. Those guys, when the starters were out on the field for the 15 or 18 plays or whatever it ended up being, they were all over the place. I thought the Dolphins' defense, the starters, presented themselves extremely well, even though they did give up the touchdown, because we already put in context how they got to the touchdown, right? You had two third-down conversions and opportunities. You also had uh, a turnover opportunity that you just barely missed. Um, Jalen Phillips, the mobility off the edge. Uh, I will say this. Alex Leatherwood might be one of the worst tackles the Dolphins see all season long, regardless of first, second, third string, whatever. He was a tough, tough watch. That's a former first-round pick. But Jalen Phillips and his length, his speed to power, his ability to reduce the inside shoulder, his flexibility off the edge to turn the corner and take advantage of late and errant hands uh, really allowed Jalen to pop and flash. And he was in on that uh, turn almost... Turnover opportunity where he turned the inside shoulder, had a super steep lower half as far as being able to stick his foot in the ground, play at a steep angle, turn at a high rate of speed, and he gets his hand on a Jared Stidham as he's throwing the ball. And it was very nearly a turnover opportunity that also could have ended that opening drive that everybody kind of was like, oh, man, the Raiders without their car. And Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro went down the field and scored a touchdown in the opening possession of the game. I ain't worried about it. I'm genuinely not. And Jalen Phillips, I thought, looked good again. Uh, I thought Jerome Baker, uh, some couple of the early plays, I thought the eyes got, got a little overeager, got sucked down into the box and created a big void uh, the opening play in general, kind of bit up on the play fake. And uh, they threw a big play right behind it for a chunk gain of about 18 to 20 yards. Uh, but I thought he settled in very nicely for the Dolphins. Uh, Baker did not play a long time, but I thought he settled down and, and kind of showcased the range and uh, the, the ability in space yet again, exactly what you would expect. Uh, well, keeping this in the front seven, you get later into the game, Ben Steele, he uh, played yet another good game for the dolphins. Porter Gustin played a good game for the dolphins. Uh, those are two guys, 90 and 96 respectively that, uh, I still think both are outside shot 53 man roster players. Um, I just don't know that the numbers are going to work out, but based on their play in the preseason, they've certainly warranted bigger looks. Uh, Gustin, I think is probably just going to have to be competing with Brennan Scarlett and Cameron good uh, for probably, probably one roster spot when it's all said and done. Um, But he was uh, another guy who really gave Alex Leatherwood a hard time intermittently. Uh, doesn't he he's much more tightly wound than Jalen is,, uh, but I think he's a little bit more straight line power uh than Jalen is as Jalen I think physically has more potential to apply that in a three dimensional plane. Uh, but Porter is just a very heavy set of hands, uh, got some good initial burst and in spring but his cornering ability is, isn't where he stacks up necessarily Jalen Phillips. So, oh, He showcased himself well. I thought Sam Eguovan, um tackled well in space, much better than he did last week. That was a, a nice adjustment to see uh, for the Dolphins. I thought Channing Tindall, I know I already mentioned him with cover one spy, uh, and he had a really nice track, fill, trace, plug. Run fit that covered three gaps, (laughs) which you you do. You don't usually don't see a a backer kind of step inside, identify the back peeling off the tracks, trace and flow, and then meet another lead blocker in a different hole. I mean that's that's pretty good level stuff. Um, And 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 then you saw obviously with the the one spy some shallow stuff underneath where he had an an opportunity to influence some throwing windows. Duke Riley played lights out too. He had a really nice run fit on an outside run to the right sideline where he came bat out of hell, read it immediately and fit it perfectly where he got in underneath of a lead blocker out in space and got right into the inside hip of the running back and brought him down. Uh, looked look like it might've been for a second, a fumble, but it wasn't. But, uh, Well, those linebackers last week against Tampa Bay had a tough time tackling Rashad White. I thought they tackled much better in this contest, and that's something that I was very glad to see. Now, I did think uh, Brandon Jones had a couple angles. Just Again, cleaning up angles, he covers so much ground, which makes it hard to consistently make sure you're closing with sufficient or or clean angles. Uh, And and I thought that was something for, for Brandon on just one or two plays. Uh, would ideally like to see get continued to be polished up and make sure that we're ready for New England in that regard. Um, but he was somebody who I thought tackled and pursued better than what he did against Tampa Bay as well. So the the tackling theme that existed when we got out of Tampa Bay that was like, geez, man, like these guys are going to have to commit and invest some time and make it sure that they tackle. Um, I don't know how how much of a point of emphasis it was, but it certainly seems as though that. Uh, was an area of improvement for Miami versus the previous week. Now, they might have invested some time in it, but you need to make sure you are investing in all the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post within minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network to over 810 million people. I did not stutter, 810 million people. Then you can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire with simple tools like screening questions, it is easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week? Nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: As we get into the back seven here, uh, and we're rounding the corner, coming home on the film notes. I thought there were some coverage busts late in the game uh, that Chase Garbers did not take advantage of. And that's to be expected with some young guys. Uh, They they try, it looked like they tried to get a little bit more... uh, creative with their pre-snap disguises. And again, that to me goes back to uh, getting guys, getting players who aren't going to be getting reps in practice and getting players who aren't going to be getting reps in games in the regular season. An opportunity to get exposed to some concepts in the preseason is huge. There was one, one formation in particular that really jumped out to me in this regard, and the Raiders were in a nub by two, set. What do I mean by nub? By two is the tight end is the man on line of scrimmage. He's attached to the offensive tackle, so that's the nub, right? You got your five offensive linemen. The only eligible receiver on that side, boop, is a tight end on line of scrimmage. Nub. The other side, you got two wide receivers. The Dolphins took both their corners and put them with the two wide receivers to give you a man alignment based on the matchups that you are presenting from defenders across from receivers. Well, they ended up playing cover three on the play. And the reason you know that is because the outside corner Bailtech, drove out and the other player on the other side was Clayton Fezdelum. And he pushed for a deep third as well. And that was a nice wrinkle, you know, for obviously a preseason game, you're not trying to get too crazy, too exotic. And that's the whole point is to have disguises uh, to tell one picture and then change the picture. Um, and, of course, we said we were, do- we were done with, with concept uh, discussion points, and here we are talking about one because we're talking about the safety shell. But I just thought that was a really nice way to get those guys a couple of reps in disguised coverages, and that play in particular really jumped off to me as, oh, They're in man because the corners are over and you got Clayton from depth over top of the tight end. Well, no, they actually played cover three. So uh, I enjoyed that. But from a personnel perspective, players that pop, we already talked about no. And uh, I'm at the point where I don't even, and I'm a very cap health friendly person. I don't care about the million dollars. Well, if you can't get a trade partner for number nine, uh, I, I can't justify with the way that he's playing in investing an active roster spot for the regular season on him at this point in time. And I hate that. I, I hate that I've become close minded to that. And I'm open to new information throughout the course of the preseason. Uh, and potentially early in the regular season, if he does make the roster, but if I were doing a 53 man roster projection right now, which spoiler alert, that's what we're doing tomorrow on the show. Uh, I would not have number nine on it. Cross and played well again. Uh, it sounds like all of the bumps and bruises and Knicks, I know you're you're watching the game in the tie line, life's up every time a corner goes down and it's, it's a doomsday scenario and the Dolphins don't have any corners and uh, we got to sign Joe Hayden and all this, that, and the other thing. Doesn't sound like it's a concern and the Dolphins right now are telling you their concern level with Byron Jones because they continue to not sign another outside corner. I will be worried about Byron Jones. When they sign somebody else. Or alternatively, I would also be concerned about Byron Jones week three. If you had to stack up the wide receiver rooms across the NFL, you know who's probably in the bottom eight? The New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens. That's my opinion. Uh, would you love to have him? Yes, absolutely. It'd be great to have him get into game shape, practice this week. Make sure he's up to speed. Get him on the maintenance program. Boom, he's ready to go week one. If he is, great. If he's not, okay. Um, I'm not loving it, but I'm not panicking and I'm not freaking out. Especially because uh, Tyquan Thornton, the second-round pick for the New England Patriots, sounds like he's going to miss two months. So that'll include that opening game against the Dolphins. A uh, shoulder injury. Crossin uh, played well. Uh, Kuhu. Kohu, he was excellent in this game. I thought he played his butt off. I thought he did an excellent job in the slot, staying sticky on routes. And um, I, I don't know that the numbers are going to be here for him to make the roster, right? Because you, you look at the corners, right? Let's assume you get Xavier and Byron healthy. And you got Nick Needham as three. then you got Crossan as four. You just signed Mackenzie Alexander. That'll be five. From a safety's perspective, you got Javon, Brandon Jones, Eric Rowe. Presumably, Fejdalum is nine. Okay, Elijah Campbell would be ten. You carrying 11 DBs? I don't think so. Can Elijah Campbell beat out Clayton Fejdalum and open up a spot? I don't know. Um. But, but Cater... Really, really impressed me with his play in this contest in particular. I thought he took some really nice strides. I think this is a perfect practice squad candidate type of player. That's, um, that's the defensive observations for the Dolphins' preseason week two contest against the Las Vegas Raiders. A two-point loss, 15-13. to 13. Uh, Late Jason Sanders miss field goal. Two plays on defense, two plays on offense, and I think you win by 14 points unconcerned also unconcerned as we said yesterday about the uh the run game right now because there's a lot of good things that are happening and the two killers uh for two plays in particular were players that will not be playing on Sundays unless things go dramatically dramatically wrong for the Dolphins throughout the course of the early portions of the season we already kind of teased it Tomorrow on the show is a 53-man roster projection through two preseason games. And then we have power to the pod. And then we have a Friday show to get ready for contest against the Philadelphia Eagles, the, the preseason finale. Any of the news that comes down the pipe, we'll throw that in there as well. We'll make sure we have you covered on all your bases, your team every day. We don't just say it. we live it here on the Locked On Network. We guys enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Make it a great one. And I will talk with you all again tomorrow. Fins up.